Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 67. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week's episode focuses on one cell owner's journey to becoming GDPR compliant. Joining us on the show to discuss how she's bridging the gap between operating in a GDPR compliant way and delivering a standout salon experience is salon owner Nicola Sharp of Enhanced Beauty in the UK. As always, we top off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. How are you? I'm good now. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there's probably a lot of people out there today listening to this episode going, not another GDPR episode. Um, <laughs> everyone's probably sick of hearing about it. But it is such a big topic that for the last while, it's just kind of been Forrest talking about it. And we just decided to have a little twist and talk to an actual salon owner themselves and see how their journey has gone through this whole thing. A few weeks ago, actually, we even went through all the basics of what you needed to do to ensure that you were going to be compliant. And that was with Connor Keppel on episode 62. Yeah. But I mean, you guys in training have been running webinars, trainings on consultation forms on GDPR itself as well. We on the marketing team have been running Q&As and webinars as well. So it's, it's, I think it's going to be very refreshing to have the, the subject flipped completely. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I kind of did a few webinars myself this week, two clients. And I'd say, so the webinar itself was only about half an hour. There was about 20 minutes of it was a Q&A session at the end. And that's when we realized, actually, hang on, why not just get a salon owner on to see how they're going through it? How are they kind of adapting to this new massive change? Yeah, so with this in mind, we have Nicola Sharp on the line with us, and she's from Enhanced Beauty in Pennyquick. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Did I do that right? Hi, everybody struggles, don't worry, it's Pennycook. Pennycook, okay, cool. Well, first off, I mean, I must say congratulations, first of all, on 17 years with Enhanced Beauty. Thank you. The Dermalogica account status and the Edinburgh Business Awards. You guys are really on a roll at the moment. We're having a great year, great year so far, so lots of exciting things happening, which... It's brilliant for the team, yeah. That's all just in one year? Yeah, just from the start of this year, um, we found out that we are key account status with Dermalogica, which is fantastic because out of all the accounts, I think there's over 7,000 accounts in the UK. Um, we're only one of three in Scotland that's been awarded key account status, which is a huge honour. Um, and then also just last week, we found out that we've been nominated and made the finals of the Edinburgh Business Awards. So we've got that at the end of April. So very exciting. Wow, that's amazing. So, well, I suppose, like Zoe said, it's been a very good for, year for you. But you've been going 17 years yourself. So do you want to share a bit of background of, I suppose, your experience in the industry and kind of how you got into it? Of course. So I basically left college and I worked in a salon that I had done my work experience in. Really enjoyed it. I was then offered a full-time position and within a matter of months working there, I got my first mortgage, first flat, not far from where I worked. And then on Christmas Eve, I was made redundant. Totally out of the blue, um, the salon had actually went bankrupt. So I went home and thought, <laughs> what do I do now? So over the kind of Christmas period and into January, I interviewed for other beauty jobs, but nothing seemed like the right fit for me. I even considered cruise ships, but now I know that that just would have not been for me. Um, so while I was trying to figure out what path to take, essentially, I worked mobile while trying to figure out my next step and also trying to hold on to the client relationships that I'd built up whilst I worked in that salon, which was in Pennycook. I was then encouraged by my stepmom to take on the previous salon's lease short term, much to my dad's horror. <laughs> um, 
I was only 21 and obviously now had a mortgage that I had to pay for. So it took me time to convince the landlord and my dad to give me a chance. Um, but I did and it worked. So my stepmom came on board and she worked reception for me while I could just do the work that I knew how to do and concentrate on building my client base. I had no idea how to run a business or what it even meant to run a business, but I worked really hard and everything that I know now has pretty much been self-taught or sought out by other people. Um, fast forward 17 years and I'm now married with three young boys and my business is still growing. And this week I've just actually employed my ninth member of staff. So yeah, we're on a roll, which is very exciting. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. You now have nine staff members working for you. Like that's, that's massive. To be responsible for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and your salon's mission is all about salon experience. Is was Why was that something so important to you? Do you have like an example of maybe a few things that you do that are very unique to your salon? Yeah. I was reading about the soothing and refreshing food bathing experience. I mean, that sounds inviting even just to me reading on the website. <laughs> <laughs> so the overall selling experience was hugely important within my business because it's something that makes us stand out from such a saturated market, I suppose. And this is where we knew that we could add small things within our treatments to make the client experience different to other salons and where clients have visited before. So with the likes of our fruit ritual, we do that before any facial or body treatment. And this involves the clients having their feet bathed in warm water and then scrubbed and dried by the therapist. And doing this, the client feels refreshed before getting into the bed. They wash the day off them. And it gives our therapist time to have that personal catch up with the client before the treatment even starts and not during it. Other things that we do, we use um, a specific oil throughout the salon. So when clients return and smell the same scent, it reminds them it's time to relax. I mean, we've even had clients tell us that whenever they smell that scent elsewhere, they instantly think of us or they instantly chill out. So that's great. Um, Another thing that we do, which was a huge thing for me, and I feel it really enhances our overall client experience, is we add on 20 minutes to every facial or massage. And this is so the client has time to prepare and they're in the room for their treatment and they never feel rushed when the treatment ends. Um, I'm a firm believer that if a treatment on a treatment menu states 60 minutes, then hands-on, it should be 60 minutes, you know. Don't tell me that a massage was only 50 minutes because I was getting dressed and, you know, give me the 60 minutes. This time that we add on as well is also used for discussing aftercare, skin education and retailing. So within the business, we love to add little touches and surprises. So within each, you know, eyelash tint, we carry out a hand or a neck massage so the client gets extra treatment time within their treatment, which... They love, they tell us this in their reviews and they are the small things that essentially don't cost us much more money to do, but it does make us different. So, I mean, last week it was our birthday and we were giving out little gifts to clients. We often do this throughout the year just as like a random act because we really value that clients chose us knowing that they've got millions of choices nowadays within the market, but we're really grateful that we've become one of their choices. So... I'm really proud to say that a lot of our clients today are clients that visited me 17 years ago, and that's not a fluke. I'm so heavily involved with how the business interacts with our clients, and this is now a huge part of what I do on a daily basis. So back, this makes me laugh, back when I started the business, social media didn't exist, and it was back in the days that if you needed a trade, you 
picked up the yellow pages. I can remember <laughs> licking and sticking like 600 envelopes to mail to clients for a Christmas event once that we had coming up. And knowing that you only get around a 10% return on mail out, I could have cried when I realised that letters didn't even have an address on it or the date of the event. Whereas nowadays with social media, any mistakes can be quickly rectified and it can boost your events or sales, which is just fantastic. So going back to essentially social media, to keep the client experience personal, I answer all of our social media comments, our reviews, our Google reviews, which Forrest has helped us with, um, because I want that personal connection to our clients. And I love the fact that some of our clients feel part of our team or even they refer to us as family. This adds to their selling experience and ours. We've got potential clients that follow us on social media for months before they step through the door. So we need to meet all their expectations when they do so that when they see us online, they come in and they know exactly how the business is going to be when they walk in. So they're all the small things that we do that essentially adds and enhances your experience when you're in the business. Yeah, and I suppose the name ties in perfectly with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like it sounds like a lot of effort, this whole attitude of gratitude. But in the long run, you hit the nail on the head when you said your clients have hundreds of thousands of people to pick especially when you see marketplaces where it's all just discount 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 you want your clients to come back and you want to give them a reason so making them feel kind of cherished and valued and things like that of course yeah so nicola obviously you're based in the uk (laughs) we've been talking about gdpr which is a it's a european union regulation here but with you being based in uk what was your first reaction about gdpr with brexit and everything going on honestly how much is it going to cost my business? How much time will I need to invest? And how will it affect our client experience, I suppose? Um, like, say, in business, you're constantly learning new things. So GDPR was just another thing to add to that list, which 17 years on in the business, I um, made a decision quite a number of years ago to step out of treatments after I had my second child. Um it's been one thing, been fantastic. It's propelled the business forward and our Jenny salon owner that's sitting on the fence whether to do that or not. Essentially for me, it's been fantastic. And that means that I have the time to work on things like GDPR or salon policies or HR issues, anything like that. I have the time to do that. And GDPR, when I first heard about it, I thought, okay, this is now another thing that I'm going to have to sit down and work through. That's all you can do. Really like that answer, Nicola, because this can be seen as something to be scared of and to worry about and to push it off. But you actually look at it, well, I've done this for the last 17 years. It's just another learning program. You're meeting it face on and you're doing it now. You're giving yourself plenty of time beforehand. Yes, yes. You need that time. And I think if you don't give yourself that time, you're only going to put yourself under pressure that's not necessary. Um, anything can happen within your business, you know, with staff or, you know, you're always ongoing promotions and all different things going on that you're constantly, your business, is, well, my business certainly, is always on the move for the next thing. So if I left this to the 25th of May, I'd be in hot water. Yeah, it's not something that I can do. <laughs> yeah, you're adoptive, like you're not scared of change, you're willing to take it on. Of course. And again, it's how, how you go into these things, isn't it? It depends how you adopt um your mindset and how you move forward with it exactly 
And did you see GDPR like at first as kind of almost a threat to your salon experience? Like, how is it going to affect my clients? How how is it going to affect the way that I interact with my clients? Or do you even see it as an opportunity maybe to set yourself apart from salons who weren't taking GDPR seriously? Yeah, again, like I say, I think that depends on what your mindset is. And for me, this is an opportunity for us to build more client trust to what we have already. Um, for us just now, GDPR is an ongoing task within the business. And every day brings another question from my team, which is great because they're asking the questions that essentially clients might ask. So our aim is that by the 25th of May, all our procedures will be in place and it will make us GDPR compliant. We want to confidently answer any questions that our clients may have about how we store their data. And listen, I'd be naive to think that our clients don't already know about GDPR. Some are dealing with it within their own businesses and workplace. So we want our clients to know that we're a credible business that we can they can trust with their personal information. That's very true, yeah. Yeah, especially like you think about the amount of information you'd give to a salon. I mean, like the only other person, again, we said it before, it, it's nearly like a doctor. It's just the next person you're giving that much information to. So there is a lot to put into place. And have you noticed with being in the UK, have you noticed any GDPR similarities between the UK and the EU versions? Due to the volume, volume of work that GDPR is creating within my business, honestly, I've only researched what we need to do with regards to the UK. And, you know, we've not sought any legal advice yet, but within the coming months, this may be our next step. Um, Right now, we're working on how to implement these new steps and policies within my business and gather as much information as we can before moving forward. And if we need to take any legal advice, it, it may never come to that. But I've not essentially looked at the differences between the EU and the UK purely because I'm focusing on what way we need to drive and drive the business forward for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. The learning journey about GDPR, has it mainly been a solo one or have you been getting your staff, like obviously the staff is asking you questions and things like that, but have they been more involved in that or are you pretty much tackling the whole subject head on yourself? Um, I do a lot of online research myself and each year I attend a content marketing conference in Edinburgh. So in doing that, I've met lots of other business owners that have businesses across the board doing different things Um, and each of them have been holding webinars about GDPR which I've actively been attending these have been brilliant and really informative and it's helped me to see things not just from a salon point of view but just from a general business point of view I think that's been gold for me Um, I'm the type of person I need to go into something armed with knowledge so the more knowledge I can get the more questions that we ask and get answered great my team are fully up to date with where our responsibilities lie and what our next steps may be. Um, my management team joined me in Dublin at the summit, so they heard the talks and discussions on GDPR, which was great. You know, that opened up that conversation um, for us to then bring that back to the salon and figure out what our next steps were. So, yeah, we are working together because that's the only way I can actively implement it into the business and for them as a team to understand how serious and important it is as well. Can't do it myself. And when your team went over to the, the Salon Owner Summit, was that their first taste or experience of GDPR? Because I know you said you'd been doing a lot yourself already. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and I could actually see the look, you know, on their face. You know, how is it? <laughs> um, you know what it's like with um, staff as well. You don't want to 
go into too much detail about something until you've got the full information yourself. And so waited until we went to Dublin and they obviously had hundreds of questions and they've been asking questions that I've not even thought of, which is great. And so, yeah, unfortunately, you guys have been bombarded with our questions (laughs) and they'll keep coming, I'm sure, until, you know, we get deeper into this and have more of an understanding. But it is brilliant, like you were saying, you're bombarding us with questions. Like, it's such a big thing that no one really knows all the questions unless you're actually involved in law. Like we keep saying, see consultancy on it. But like the more we learn about it and the more you learn about it, the better prepared everyone is. Absolutely. There's no bad question, really. It's just kind of setting up for everyone. Yeah, and everybody's business is different as well. So the questions that we might be asking may not be what anybody else needs to know. Um, Everybody works differently and the logistics of your business are what matters to you. And do you have any like main concerns about GDPR still, or is it kind of now trying to figure out how are you going to operate the salon with this? I mean, there's a couple that there's a couple of questions that we're still waiting to be answered. One of the our major concerns is, you know, do we have to start our email list from scratch, or can we hold on to the data that we've collected before the twenty fifth of May? We've over 5,000 clients on our email list, and this is value to the business. So erasing this would be a massive hit. Um, But up to this point, nobody's been able to answer that question yet. So in a way, that's okay, because if there's not an answer to it yet, maybe we don't have to erase that. You know, we'll we'll wait until we find out what we have to do. Um, We have been speaking to our insurance companies as well regarding how long we need to hold data for. Um, Yeah, it's more just about getting used to operating in a different way. And to be honest, we follow good practices within the business and I've always used pin codes from day one of taking Forest on. So for us, it's just adding more time onto that client visit so the treatment time's not affected so they can fill out consultation cards. Um, This is a concern though because obviously that will eventually have a cost implication if we're having to add on another five minutes to treatment times. So I think the first few months will be a challenge but then very quickly it'll just become a new way that we work and I'm looking forward to saving money on paper and ink. So that'll work in our favour, yeah. And getting a lot more storage back in your salon. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so there was just one other thing to follow up on Zoe's question there about like, did you have any more major concerns? You were saying that you've gone about this, like you're well on top of this by the sounds of it and you've gone out and done it all yourself. Now you're working with your team, which is brilliant because you need to communicate this stuff with your team and get everyone on board. Everyone should have a role to play in this and not leave it all on you. But have you got involved with any local salon owners in your area or anyone like that? Or are you as a salon going solo with this? Not essentially got involved, but um, I do... Every six weeks or so, I meet with another nine salon owners um, within the area who I've known them over the years. We discuss um, different issues, problems or challenges that we have within our businesses. And this has certainly been a conversation that's been going on since January regarding GDPR. Now, some of them are already Forest clients, which is great. They have um, all the backing from Forest. Some of them are and, and they're not getting the information that they need elsewhere. So... That's a concern. Um, so essentially we're trying to answer some of the questions that they may have that we've found out and working together again as business owners. I think if you're always trying to do the right thing and follow procedures that are put in place by the companies that you trust, um, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong in doing that. Yeah, no, brilliant. <laughs> so 
to kind of wrap this episode up, do you would you have any recommendations for a salon owner who hasn't actually yet looked into this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> well, you know, not to alarm anybody, but get busy researching and don't think that it doesn't affect you. Whether you're a large salon or a mobile therapist, this affects us all. And not complying to GDPR regulations is like working without insurance. You know, you just don't do it. So seek out the right people to help you and guide you and the companies that you have built personal relationships with, work with them and ask them the questions. You know, again, like I said, I think if we're trying to do the right thing, that's all we can do. There's going to be a certain amount of time for transition between, you know, from the 25th of May, I'm sure that, you know, there's going to be a couple of months where people are trying to figure out how things work and it's all a new way of working. But this also gives us time to learn and then get better at what we do. So GDPR is there for clients' protection, but for our protection as well. And I think that's essentially people forget that and they're scared of putting new practices into place because they just see the volume of work and you shy away from it. It's a natural instinct. Um, Whereas if you just start to research it and then take a step back and say, right, okay, this can be implemented into my business by taking this step, this step and this step. You're moving forward to doing the right thing. So, yeah, if they've not researched it yet, I'd start doing it now. Well, it's just like any goal, really. I mean, like no one's going to run a marathon tomorrow. You have to start off at a few kilometers here today, a few kilometers tomorrow. So, yeah, like you've you've summed it up brilliant there. Take your small steps and don't see it as a mountain. Yes, yes. It's like when the pensions came into force. You know, everybody was terrified of how am I going to manage that myself? How do I then implement this into my business? And again, if you need to seek out advice and pay somebody to help you to do that, that's essentially what you need to do to make sure you are keeping your business compliant. And that's these regulations and laws are there for a reason. You just need to make sure that you follow them for your own business and not be scared of these things. I think you've done a brilliant job getting this far anyway. And you, like I said, you seem to be well on top of it. What I loved most hearing you talk about from this was that you didn't see it as a challenge or, oh, no, not another thing to do. You you are adoptive. Your salon is just ready for the next change and it keeps making those changes. And that's what we love to see because change is always going to happen, especially in the, the day and age we're in now where technology is moving so fast. You just have to embrace it. Of course you do, yeah. You have to move with the times technically, don't you? Yeah. Well, Nicola, that's been absolutely fantastic and thanks very much for joining us on the show today. And I hope there's more salon owners out there just like yourself who are embracing GDPR as opposed to fearing it. (laughs) Thank you very much. No problem. And now for the second half of our show, over to you, Zoe. Yeah, so for the Forest Academy webinars uh, coming up soon, we have one on March 21st, but that's a IHF, so Irish Hairdressers Federation exclusive on Salon GDPR. And then coming up on April 11th, which is open to everyone essentially, is Valerie Delforge's Lawn Manager Development Series. And it's all about becoming an exceptional leader. So she'll teach you how, you know, to motivate your team to achieve their targets and goals, how to inspire staff to take ownership of their roles, strategies to become the leader that you wanted to become. And that's all happening on April 11th from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. UK Ireland time or 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. US Eastern time. And if you want to sign up, to any of those, you go onto our Facebook page in the event section, you find the webinar of that name, and then you click get tickets, register for your free seat, and you're in. 
Other than that, before we leave you today, we have a big announcement. Following its smash success last year in July, we're running a second edition of 30 Days to Grow. So this year, it's starting on April 1st, 2018. And every day for 30 days, essentially, we'll be sending you a simple and easy to execute challenge. And it's all designed to get your clients coming back more often and spending more. So making more revenue for your salon. And along the way, we'll be providing you with exclusive tips, ideas, templates, everything to help you accomplish each of the tasks. So if you want to register for that, it's free. You have to sign up before March 31st. It starts on Sunday, April 1st, and it goes on for 30 days. And like I said, it's free. You don't need our software. You don't even need, you could be on pen and paper and still do this challenge. So uh, we also have a Facebook group for you to network in and you'll all have that information if you go and sign up on www.30daystogrow.com and that's 30 numeric and two numeric as well. So 330 days to grow. So that's it for us today. If you have any feedback, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday for March's monthly roundup episode. All the best. All the best.